to the CTO podcast. My name is Matt Clark, and this week uh, we're going to be focusing on the Internet of Things. Um, so this is the second in my weekly series of podcasts. I'm hoping to try and get one certainly out every once or twice uh, over two weeks uh, to try and get my latest thinking as we run through. And as soon as though the Internet of Things seems to be a fairly hot topic at the moment, um, and bearing in mind that we're starting to get the glimmerings of uh, projects um, gathering pace in this particular area. I thought it'd be quite interesting to record some thoughts on this space. Um, but before I go ahead, just some feedback on my previous podcast, uh, which I published uh, about a week or so ago on the digital estate and the, the, the digital hub. Um, so some interesting feedback, uh, some useful feedback in terms of the, the thoughts and conversations. So I'm going to try and incorporate uh, those into future thinking. Um, so back to the Internet of Things, um, I guess what started this off, um, I'm always a bit sceptical with regard to um, hype uh, around technology, particularly um, forward thinking, uh, future, future trends that seem to come and go and never really uh, amount to anything. Um, so IoT I've been watching for some time, uh, it first came on the radar around 2012-ish as a distinct pop, uh, possibility and certainly in more recent days we've seen some huge acquisitions on this front around some key chip manufacturers um, so we're, we're seeing the area start to gather significant momentum um, but the reason it spiked my interest more than anything is we we, we landed a project a feasibility project uh, to at least start to explore some capability of bringing the internet to, to some fairly um, dumb pro products um, to try and enrich how these products work and how we could connect to them and basically bring the internet to those products. Um, so, you know, those early days in terms of fe feasibility of the projects, there was there was a lot of learning uh, in order to be able to uh, progress from an engineering perspective, particularly um, electrical engineering and integration with chip manufacturers and various other things to actually get the capability off and running. But what struck me was actually the world is still very much a digital world and the digital estate plays out here and content plays out here and everything that traditional agencies like ourselves need to do um, to be able to provide services, capability and software into this particular space is, is, is still um, critical uh, moving forward and it's something that can't be lost in that process. Uh, and the reason I guess what I'm going to try and do is just share my thoughts in terms of how we develop the the thinking uh, as, as we move forward. Um, so where do we start? Um, so let's, well, let's start with the obligatory facts. Um, we got um, last year 16 billion active connections to the internet. Um, so that was both mobile devices, uh, uh, traditional web platforms and the start of other products or other chips being able to connect to that, that platform. That's projected to grow by 20 up to 22 billion by 2018 and if we listen to Forrester and Gartner uh, there appears to be a 230 235 billion dollar industry um, in place already around IoT enabling of products now we've already seen the um, huge growth that mobile brought to the internet as our platform and the capability that we needed to be able to deliver and start to kind of move forward. But what does this really mean when we start to look at um, other products that can connect into this infrastructure? Um, so I guess the, the first thoughts around this more than anything is if the industry can pull this off um, and if we can really start to 
both bring the internet to these products and uh, embed these products within the wider fabric of the internet. Um, this will fundamentally transform um, service models and service capability for both um, traditional products, consumer products, but also into industry as well. The, the capabilities are endless in terms of really um, reinventing a lot of service models that are out there and a lot of capability that's out there. Um, so that's, I guess, my, my first thoughts on the area. Um, but obviously getting involved in projects of this nature, um, particularly where you know we're given a particular challenge by saying, here's this product, it's been around for you know, 40, 40 or so years, how can we bring it to life and how can we bring some capability to this particular product? Um, so, you know, the first thing you do is you look at really what I'm calling wave one of IoT, which is where we're at the moment in terms of you're seeing that there's an easy access capability or an easy area that you users or manufacturers can actually bring bring into IoT capability to the home and you know simple things like switching things on and off controlling temperatures so we've seen that whole wave of easy access um, capability uh, to get to, to, to get people up and running within this particular space and I use the word easy access in that there's no real innovation there it's just about controlling things turning things on and off um, you know you could you could argue why you know is that going to be such a critical area uh, but I think what we're seeing is manufacturers start to look at this particular space and it's just an easy way to start to test the fabric of this capability um, what we will see, uh, and I'm pretty sure having gone through a couple of feasibility projects in this, in this particular space is that you will quickly see a load of innovation out of this particular space, uh, simply because it, it won't cut it. Um, you know, we was quite heavily involved in a product that had been around for 40 years, you know, and it, you know, you, yes, you could switch it on and off remotely, um, but it, it wasn't smart, it wasn't innovative, and it wasn't disruptive in its nature. Um, so where do you go next? And I think, you know, quickly, um, and I guess having the capability of a digital agency to be able to really think outside the box uh, in terms of what you could do uh, by enabling this product, by uh, really bringing the power of the internet to it, is so much more. Uh, and I, I guess that's where we're going to see the innovation. Um, so for me, that's where we started at the time. You know, we, we started off with the challenges of looking at the raw capability. And I guess, um, you know, the, 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 there was an interesting set of conundrums that we needed to pull together. You know, for example, from a pure technology perspective, we needed to get these chips to, um, you know, integrate with the product, uh, work with the PCB boards, work with the existing software that's embedded in these fairly dumb products that don't have a lot of processing capability. Um, you know, we needed to keep the cost down in terms of this infrastructure. And then we needed to start pushing the boundaries because once this product connected up with the cloud, what would you then need to do? You know, so the first thing we start looking at the sensors, we start looking at uh, the capability, as I said, to schedule things, to turn things on off, to remotely monitor things. But then we start to understand, you know, why people would be using that product, you know, and how can we be really disruptive within this particular space, within this particular industry. Uh, and that was where really the inspiration starts to starts to come together. Um, so for us, it was about innovation, innovation. And what we need to do is bring together the, the, the raw capabilities of the product and then look at the consumer and look at how they would be using the product and then look at how they would work within their traditional environment 
um, without talking too much about the products here, um, you know, what would they generally do if they're, if they're using that product? Uh, and then you start to think, well, actually, what are they doing now? You know, how does the, the internet really enrich their, their lives um, and enrich the way that they traditionally are operating with that particular product? Um, you know, can, is it giving them, can it give them information? Can it give them uh, peer reviews, community, that kind of thing to actually enable them to start to move forward? Then you can start to see, well, actually, there's a fundamental way we can really bring, bring extra value to the consumer but then what we can then start to do is say, well, actually, this fundamentally changes the service models uh, around that particular product. You know, so therefore, does the revenue stream start to change off the back of that? You know, do we, do we even look at selling that product anymore? You know, is the end game you know, to simply give that product away to get people to start using and engaging with the platform that we've created? So then you start to see the power of the cloud and what the cloud and its community of users and its enriched power of content that's in it can start to really engage and bring that product to life. Um, so it struck me quite early on as we was working through a feasibility study that we have different waves of, of innovation. Um, so, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about the first wave in terms of the home. This is just really a, a beachhead. This is a beachhead for organisations to start delivering a level of capability in. Um, then you start looking at, well, actually, is a second wave, which is all about consolidation. You know, so what does that mean in terms of uh, how IoT consolidates platforms and infrastructures in place and starts to look at interoperability? So you can see this happening in the home in terms of, you know, we've got a set of standards coming together where we can have connectivity. We've got a set of competing standards coming into play. You know, so, for example, Apple are operating a standard, but then you've got the All-Seen Alliance operating a standard. You know, these things will start to play out and it's like, well, actually, how do we work within that environment? Are we going to adopt those standards or are we going to go our own way? And then we move on to wave three, which is where we really see the innovation start to happen. Um, this is where, for me, the vision needs to exist from day one. And the role that we play on projects is to, yeah, understand the capabilities and the infrastructure that's come in place, but understand actually once this wave starts to take take play once this disruptive business models all these new innovative ideas come into play how do we make it work how do we see the cap capability of bringing together this entire cloud infrastructure and what does this mean for revenue streams more more, more importantly um so you know way three is about bringing the internet to the product and then bringing the wealth of the capability that does open up in terms of you know, it does give us so much more and enabling us to really start to uh, explode the possibilities of, of that product. Um, so I guess the, the, the challenge is how do you untap or, or certainly unlock um, an IoT project? Um, now, I guess my, my argument at, at, at the moment around this particular space is that all businesses that traditionally sell products that could have any element of capability. So I'll talk about automotive, I'll talk about kitchen appliances, I'll talk about um, sportswear, you know, all this wearables, for example, all of these products have a capability where they can be connected. Um, so the fact that there could be a sniff of a hope of a connected product within your organization, you, you have a product that you sell into the market that could possibly connect it, and you may have a number of people say, why the hell would I want to connect this? Why would I want to wire that up to the internet? I can't see the value from it. 
if it's possible, then at some point somebody will exploit that and they will bring the power of the wider internet to that product and disrupt the business model that, that your traditional project product operates within. So for uh, from my advice, uh, if anyone's in this particular space that has this sniff of a hope of a product that can be connected, uh, we've got to open up um, the thinking around that to understand how we can both uh, create ourselves some white space, um, some clear space, um, or you know at least we can do a defensive move to say, well, actually, people are going to start hopping our particular space um, and compete against us and do something fundamentally different. Now, if you look at the sports world, uh, you look at the way um, technology is working with wearables at the moment in terms of running and, and tracking mileage and tracking training activities. Yeah, we're bringing mobile devices with GPS. Um, now we're starting to bring wearables. You know, for example, Garmin's got a whole ton of wearables in terms of bringing that technology so we can actually wear it, we can integrate with it. We can then provide a wider cloud capability to both store our data to provide consumer um, uh, groups and competitive um, encouragement programs and that kind of thing. Um, so you can start to see how that has evolved and started to, to, to really disrupt traditional business models. And then quite quickly, what you're then seeing is obviously the, the mobile phone providers coming into play, such as Apple have developed a competitive thing. Then we see manufacturers that come out of nowhere like Fitbit. Uh, then you see Nike and Nike Plus starting to pull their program together. And now you're seeing any, um, any um, wearables um, organization have to having um, a innovation program in place where they're looking at raw chip technology to be able to get into that infrastructure. But if you look at as a whole, um, it's the ecosystem that is the critical component. Uh, another example is um, the, the, the kitchen, uh, as an e example. So we've all seen um, smart fridges, smart ovens, um, touted about at um, the Consumer Electronics Show every year. Um, you know, it, it, okay, we can control the thing from the internet. We can check its cap. We can check its status. We can turn the temperature up. Um, but if you look at what Samsung did with the smart fridge, is that they brought into the home around the focal point, which would traditionally be, I wouldn't say the home is the focal point, not having a fridge in your home, but having the ability in your kitchen where you've got this hub where normally you'd stick things like fridge magnets on the on the, on the the wall and schedules and you know calendar information and just notes, uh, shopping lists and all the rest of it. And what they're trying to do is actually enrich that whole process by wiring it up to the internet, but then using it as a slightly different product. Yeah, it's connected, we know what's in the fridge, we can you know order our shopping list and everything else but it's become part of a family hub um, in terms of providing that capability um, now the innovation there has already started to, to to play out so they they went through the three waves of innovation but then where does that go to you know does that mean that if we then start to have one major brand within a, a kitchen environment then that will then follow do all of the other devices then connect into that ecosystem and know and are able to interoperate interoperate with each other um, so there's some interesting synergies as that starts to play out uh, but for organizations it's like you need to be able to start to have that vision um, now and it's not about working through it it's about having the crazy ideas in terms of what is the possibility what is the capability of these products um, 
and then then start to you know either discount them if they're not going to work or plan them in for four or five years time if things start to take hold uh, but start to get that defensive mover in in now where we're really thinking out of the box with regard to what we're traditionally working working within within our overall environment and then you can start to say well actually what's out there um, that can as I said enrich our product you know, so we might have multiple products. I use the kitchen as an example. We might have multiple projects that work within products that work within the ecosystem. But then, how can we support um, the user of those products by bringing rich information down to them? Bring in, um, you know, we talked about e-commerce and fulfillment, and you know, ordering, pre-ordering things automatically. But how about giving them confidence? You know, in terms of that process, so they're working within the kitchen. I've got access to this wealth of information that can coach me through this process. So again, you know, as I mentioned, the sporting analogy, <laughs> coaching was key there, but there's the whole lifestyle coaching type of capability off the, off the back of it. Now, what does this mean for um, technology? Um, I guess um, one of the interesting things in terms of the feasibility projects that we've been doing so far has been very heavily technology-based because what we've wanted to try and do is understand, yeah, we've got these three waves of, of, of IoT, uh, but where do we start? Um, we need to first of all start with the raw capability. You know, first, you know, can we connect? Um, can we connect this product to the internet? Can we connect securely? And then once it's connected to the internet, what's it connected to on the internet? And how do we manage that environment? Um, so I, I guess the first point around the connection, um, there's a there's a wealth of chip manufacturers out there that have iot based platforms and that's certainly where most of the innovation has gone at the moment in the iot space you know can we get this product connected um so there's you know for example texas instruments marvel qualcomm they all have um both uh, robust iot chip infrastructures and um, development software development libraries that work with those chip infrastructures that enable us to securely um, connect and build a-level software capability, um, which is great. Step one is brilliant. We can we can get those products connected. Um, the next step is then where do they connect to? Uh, now this is where we see ourselves playing a big role in that process because, yeah, they need to connect securely. Uh, they need to connect to a cloud-based provider. So for example, example Amazon, I've got an IoT offering where they'll provide a hub-based service uh, within the cloud to manage your I IoT products, which is fantastic. Uh, it manages the security, it manages the connection capability. It's got the, the, the layers of abstraction, the layer, layers of protocols to be able to uh, get that, that particular piece of technology connected with your cloud. But as I said, it's all about the innovation. So you, then there needs to be a layer developed on that cloud that enables both the management of the product the management of the data coming back and to the product and the you know the wider um, hub if you like in terms of how that consumer will interface and connect with that product so whether it's reaching back to the product via through a mobile app to the cloud then back to the product you know what's the content on the app what's the app's functionality and capability this is all stuff that plays out in our world and it's not something that a you know, an Amazon can provide, they provide the raw infrastructure. You still need to then go and develop the capability. And this is where the internet really starts to, to come into its own in terms of being a, being 
well, certainly the digital agencies operating in this particular place can deliver solutions very well to be able to cater cater for that. So whether that's the development of a mobile app, whether that's the development of the the, the desktop, the cloud-based, the web web presence of your IoT infrastructure, whether that's bringing content, whether that's bringing services, whether it's bringing you know bespoke um, you know bespoke product now which needs to exist, bespoke pro uh, software product that needs to exist within this environment. Um, it gives us the the capability where we can build on top of the core infrastructure that's in place. But you would need to come to businesses like ourselves to be able to both um, come up with that initial innovation, come up with the ideas, and then develop that bespoke software that's on there. Now, I see, um, you know, certainly I recognise for our feasibility studies, yes, we need to integrate with lots of things in that layer to provide the level of functionality that the client was looking for at that time. Um, but what we would also then need to do is develop a level of software. Now I can see uh, frameworks coming into play that will manage that process. So I already said that there's infrastructure frameworks in place to manage the security, the connectivity side of that. There'll be frameworks on top of that that will just manage you know, data collection, various other things. But the innovation piece, there's nothing and there won't be nothing in place. So that's bespoke world that requires bespoke services to be able to deliver the capability from that or on, on, onto that platform. And that's really where, where our value comes into play from the IoT world. Now, the challenge is it um, doesn't come into play as an afterthought. This is the core of the product. You know, once the chip's in your, your product, it's it's in it's embedded it's locked away in its case it's um, soldered onto your pcb boards and you know the software is built down to that particular application um, the cloud is ever going and needs to be managed and maintained and and you know built uh, and it's building it from scratch all the ideas the design of it the creativity the the processes the business flows the integrations with all the different technologies that need to exist there um, that work still needs to to happen, you know, and that that's you know effectively needs to be in the driving seat because the software that goes on the chip and the technology to get the chip onto your into your products, you know, it's trusted. It, it's often manufactured in China. It will be integrated with your products on your um, assembly lines. Uh, the software will be flashed down. The software is actually quite simple in nature because these things don't have much processing capability. Um, so you know, it to start there first it would be a mistake you need to start with the the core which is the cloud and that's not necessarily the infrastructure of the cloud that's the the bespoke product that sits on top of that infrastructure um so that's my argument and certainly the as we you know ran for our feasibility study um we we put together various different architectures and then what you tend to do is have competing um areas of influence uh, and obviously chip manufacturers have a big iot branding marketing capability um, so you can often get misled in terms of that being the driving force or the core decision points around the project it's not it's a secondary or you know decision point you know again that's just about connecting the product once that's done you've then got to worry about how are we going to make this product great? How are we going to provide all the services? How are we going to bring the internet back? How are we going to manage the data off that? How are we really going to bring the thing to life? Um, so we reverse the trend, um, you know, and try and bring together, um, you know, the, the cloud first uh, as a driving point. But before all of that, this innovation, innovation, innovation in terms of, you know, where's this product going to go? 
which really brings me on to my second point in the in this discussion, um, and that's you know about the the timeline and how you run such projects, um, because it is still very early days. You can spend a lot of money um, in feasibility mode. Now I think having a feasibility project, um, a proof of concept, to get the thing off the ground is is critical. Um, you know, it's certainly critical when you start looking at well-established um, product runs um, and manufacturing cycles. You need to be able to get your prototypes out there and start to prove out um, the capability as much as possible. Um, so the feasibility side of the IoT timeline is really critical and having a good feasibility study in place. Um, as part of that feasibility study, there's, it will end up in a prototype capability. Um, but before that, you've got the innovation and the um, design phase of of the, the the program, which is really about, as I said, the innovation, innovation, innovation side. Um, it's about getting as much in there as as possible in terms of the vision of the infrastructure and where the infrastructure will go and what your services will be in the future and where the thing is five years out from now and then tapering that down so once you've got a plan for five years out from now yes it can be changed many times the product could it end up being something completely different five years from now than what you envisaged it um, but you know you need that starting point and then we can keep changing the program um, in line with where we think the sector is going to go but by setting ourselves out five years from, from now gives us an important proof of concept point where we can actually prove to the industry or test the, the our ideas with the industry that this you know may get legs may get traction um, within within our ecosystem within our you know amongst our competitors and then you scale the thing back so the, the same way as the automotive industry builds out concept cars and you you know you you tend to find 80% of the things that were called in our concept cars disappear because of you know manufacturing problems or it's just simply not ready um, the 20% that's left uh, gives us something to start with and gives us the starting point for our roadmap um, so the first phase for any project um, of this nature is the innovation phase coming up with the ideas um, coming up with the the possible route to hit those ideas and then coming up with the phasing to say right okay well first wave will be this you know we're simply going to connect the product in the first wave second wave is we're going to bring a bit more features and functionality into the product third phase is we're going to really turn this innovation on and we're going to really compete um, with the ideas and make it start to come mainstream in terms of its capability you know, and hopefully by wave three, we've got some slight change in business models. We're starting to see some of the disruption playing out. We're starting to be able to com compete, you know, very well in our particular particular space. Um, um, so once we've gone through the feasibility, um, you know, at the end of it is a proof of concept. Now, there are products, IoT products on the market now. Um, you know they've taken some time and investment to get to that particular point and they've taken a big leap, leap of faith um, in most cases most organizations haven't even got out the starting blocks um, so you could be a good five years from getting products to market um, where you envisage them if we start now 
Um, but within 12 months from now, you should be in a position where you've got a good set of prototypes to be able to at least test your product marketeers, test the concepts, start to refine the concepts. Now, this is a long-term investment, um, but if you don't start now and we don't start getting the thinking out of the blocks, then you're going to be further away whilst your competitors are getting a, a major advantage. Um, so it's about breaking down the problem, starting to get some real proving points out there, some real prototypes in play. Um, so you can start to see, because once people have their eyes opened to, you know, this is what could happen, the inspiration starts to come, get, come together and the whole program will then start to get a level of momentum behind it. Um, so uh, I guess the, the, the important thing we found during that process is feasibility study gets the thing out of the blocks. It, it, it's a crossroads. Um, if it's got enough momentum behind it, it will naturally then flow. Um, it's still a daunting process to then move into the full product stream and you know it is a five up to a five year process it can be obviously accelerated quite quickly um, but you know you've got to start somewhere and the best place to start is to you know start with this feasibility study start getting the designs into the product start painting breathing breathing what I call the project balloon to life. You know, you're starting to get the ideas out there. We're starting to get some pictures of the way it will work, some graphic designs of the interfaces. If you've got a mobile app working in play with it, we can start to get a feel for how it's going to link together. You know, and, and some basic prototyping as part of that in terms of saying, right, well, we've got the chip in the product. You know, we've got a test product up and running. We can see, we can switch the thing on and off. We can, we can start to interact with it. We can send it commands. We can get data from it. Um, and then we can see in our cloud, that we're starting to get get a shape of how the service will then start to come together and interact with that whole environment. And before you know it, the thing starts to gather momentum. Um, so that's initial thoughts on IoT. Um, I guess um, key considerations uh, for any IoT project in terms of success, um, I guess the, the first thing is take ownership. Um, in terms of, you know, as I said, you need to start somewhere. Um, it, it requires R&D. Uh, it requires your ownership of that R&D. Uh, but it requires organisations such as ourselves to be able to come into play and um, show you the way, in terms, show you the ideas first, show you the way in terms of the innovation, more or less create the skeleton of your um, feasibility, uh, your proof of concept programme. Um, and then guide you in terms of right this is how we need to set up the infrastructure around your organization to make this project work to make it be successful management of timelines management of the life cycle of that product development uh, what to expect uh, so all the things that need to happen uh, number two is the innovation 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 side of things so this is ensuring that we incorporate that into the program as much as possible we take the team five years out from now we then work back from that process but we set the vision for how this thing comes together um, and then some really important principles in terms of you know ensuring that innovations at the core of your culture within your organization uh, making sure that you're spending adequate time on it every year rather than day-to-day -day operational day-to-day pnl you know really embracing the future um, so you don't become a Kodak of, of the future. Um, embrace uh, changes um, in terms of, you know, this will fundamentally change the products that you sell. 
um, it will fundamentally change the service design that you will sell. And to try and do that within any organization is tricky. Uh, to try and do that with a business that have trained people so much to do a certain type of role and task will make it very difficult to try and do this. So you need to more or less create the skunk works approach within your organization that gets the thing out the blocks and then work on the organizational change side of things in itself. So embracing the change is really key and embracing service design is really key. Uh, I guess the second thing, uh, sorry, the, the fourth thing is the, the, the use of the data. Um, IoT really embraces um, consumer data at the core. There's so much we can glean from that. Every IoT project that certainly I've been involved with from a feasibility perspective, the single consumer view of the users operating with, with that particular product is really key. Um, every every um, feasibility study has talked about subscription services, a service level approach around that consumer, uh, hub approach around that consumer being connected into this community of users. Um, so intelligent usage around that single consumer view and the community around that view. Um, the fifth point really is about building on your current investments. Um, so that's working with, you know, it's not redesigning new products, it's working with your best products that are out there and seeing how we can engage them within this new ecosystem. It also talks about building on your current ecosystem within, you know, what you've already invested in digital, you know, um, your websites, your CRM platforms, your analytics data. Um, this becomes your digital hub. Uh, and it's really key. So the digital estates that you have in place, if you've got a bunch of products that's going to come online, you know, and be part of this ecosystem, then your digital estate will become the core of it. Um, and it's not to treat this as a separate, isolated project. Um, obviously, I talked about skunk work approach to get the thing off the ground, but the intention should always be to bring the digital estate to the core of this. Um, and I guess... Th my final point, point six, really, is is IoT is all about the cloud rather than the connectivity of the product. You know, what we're trying to do, and it's not the cloud from an infrastructure perspective. It's a, it's the cloud from a, a bringing the internet to the product. Um, so we really need to embrace that principle of that we're really enriching these products with the capability that's out there, with the capability in terms of knowledge, content, community, um, connectivity, um, and everything that's, that, that's involved out there. Um, so, and I guess one final, final point really is just about the, the, the change that it has in your business and service lines, which I've mentioned throughout. Um, it's a, it's a, it is a fundamental mind shift and there's a fundamental um, opening of possibilities in terms of how your revenue streams can start to change. Um, but it's a long journey um, you know, and I guess um, at the moment we're just canvassing feasibility studies to get projects in the pipeline. Um, you know, and it could take five years to get these projects up and running. You know, we're talking about some fairly fundamental products that are out there in the market that are available to all of us, both in the home, on the streets. You know, so it's a big shift in thinking, and it's quite scary for those organisations that have got a, a a fairly large infrastructure support in the way of doing things. Um, so 
imagine bringing a whole wave of new technology, the control that you would want to have on that. Uh, but as I said, operating the Skunk Works approach to get the feasibilities off the ground and, you know, more or less enabling a team to prove they can actually do something, they can pull some concepts together, will help more than anything give that uh, catalyst, that um, lightning strike to be able to get this wave of um, capability moving forward. So um, that's the end of today's episode. Um, apologies, I was uh, a bit rambly at the start trying to get into the, the, the concept. There's obviously so much to talk through, um, you know, and I've got a, a ton of notes from my white paper that I produced on, on the subject, and it's just trying to filter through that information. Uh, however, we have got a white paper that backs this up. Um, it's attached on the website that comes along with this podcast, which is at Matt clarkcto.com um, so there is a white paper attached there which you should be able to find in the main main blog, blog articles but I'll also attach the link against uh, the particular podcast when it's produced uh, but any comments, feedback, drop me an email um, hope you enjoyed listening